If you've ever driven a tractor, you're her friend. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Let me start off with a question. Am I the only one in Wisconsin that breathed a sigh of relief at the end of the fourth quarter yesterday? I mean, it's not necessarily about the score. It's just a fact that we didn't fold made me feel better. Yes, I know, this is the Farm Show, but if you know me, you know I was paying attention to the Packers, and I'm sure you've got one of those teams that you've been following as well. Uh, we'll save that for somebody else, but my job is to keep you informed on what's happening in agriculture. You know, the weather this week is going to be very fall-like. It was beautiful over the weekend for the Wisconsin Sheep and Wolf Festival. Maybe a little bit of rain here and there, but good crowds. And, in fact, that industry looking at some growth, and growth in an area that you might not be thinking about. Charity Seebecker made it out to the... Uh, Jefferson County Fair Park in Jefferson. Going to be visiting with Eric Might, the vice president of the Wisconsin Sheep Breeders Cooperative, about some of the opportunities they see on the horizon. Stick around. Like I said, it is going to be a fall-like week as far as weather in Wisconsin. Today, it was raining when I came in. We've got a 90% chance of rain today. 64 are expected high. Tomorrow, clouds in 65. Wednesday, partly sunny in 65. Thursday, sunshine in 69. Friday, partly sunny, 75 degrees. Then we're back into the 70s again for the weekend. Stu Ag meteorologist on the way. New location, new vision, same goal. The Farm and Industry Short Course is producing high-quality graduates ready for success in the dairy industry. The oldest agriculture training program in Wisconsin has stood the test of time. The 16-week program returns for fall 2023 at UW-River Falls. Learn from world-class faculty, live in the residence halls, earn college credits, and create lifelong friendships. Register today at uwrf.edu. I'm Bob Bosold from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And recently, we were on a farm tour in Ireland, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, where you don't see a lot of barns because of their climate. The animals are out on pasture. Remember, in Ireland, it's the 40 shades of green. One of the dairy farms we visited was in Baileyboro in northeast Ireland, the home of Lauren McCabe. And Lauren told us he's not the first member of his family to milk cows on his farm. No, I'm not, Bob. Uh, the farm history here, I can trace back to 1840, and I think I'm the seventh or eighth generation here. We've, we've farmed here, as I said, in way back in the last century, we were tenant farmers because obviously we were occupied by, the, by Britain and we were tenant farmers belonged to paying rent to landlords. That all changed in the 1920s, 30s where, you know, different laws and the rebellions, etc. So we're, we're farming now. We own, we own what we're standing on. I own uh, 100 acres of land here and have another 30 rented. And uh, that's, that's just the gist of the farm. Dairy farmers, as, as you said, Bob, uh, 75 cows. And, uh, you know, we're fit to make a living off that here. Tell me about the dairy industry here before we specifically talk about your herd, Lorcan. It's changed over the years, before the European Union, with the European Union. How has the dairy industry adapted to that? Well, just a little brief history. When we joined the, the European Union in 72, 73, there was 88,000 dairy farmers in Ireland. There's now 17 and a half thereabouts in it. It has changed. Initially, I suppose, in the 90s, there came new regulations in, which was a bit over-pushed upon us, uh, or exaggerated, that we're going to have to keep dairies prestige, they're going to have to be tiled, they're going to be like a laboratory. And that wasn't the case. And that 
that exited a lot of farmers who were afraid of it. That exited a lot of them from the dairy industry, which was unfair, unfair. And as I said, quotas came in then in the early 80s too, which restricted the development. So quotas has been relaxed uh, seven or eight years ago now, and it's a free-for-all that, that people can expand their dairy industry. But like I've been dairying from I left school in, in, in the late 70s, and it has provided a good living. It's the only thing, livestock, as in rearing, rearing steers, heifers for meat, it's very, it's not very profitable. You'd have to have huge, you'd have to have probably three, 400 acres of land to make a living off that. We've done fine. I've raised a family here on, on as I said, the 100 acres and the bit of rented land. And we make as good a living as, I'd say, maybe better than your average industrial worker. Now, you've got 75 cows. Is that the average size now, or is it getting bigger and bigger, the average farm size with the number of cows like it has in the United States? It is indeed, Bob, yeah. I suppose up until six or seven years ago, I was above average or average, but now it has, with the abolishment of quotas, it's gone up. The average herd size in Ireland could be probably close to 100 cows now. And in Northern Ireland, it's, it's up even bigger. It could be 120, 130 cows. So it has, it, has, it has got bigger. I haven't the land to do it. And I'm probably of an age now that I'm not, I'm not going to bull forward and, 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 and expand. I'm quite happy with what I have. My family is reared. And like yourselves in America, succession is a problem. Like I have all my kids educated and unlikely there'll be a, a dairy farmer after me. And look, we'll wait and see, but, you know, there's no point in me killing myself at this age to try and keep up with everyone else. We're doing fine as it is. Now, when the quota came in, did it make a difference in your milk price? Did you see a difference? Who controls the milk price in Ireland? And do you get paid on production, on components like butterfat? and protein how does it work here yeah well when when the butter when the the quotas came in in 81 82 there was a problem there was a butter mountain and a skim milk mountain in europe there was millions of tons of stuff being stored up and it it curtailed the production didn't let it expand but prices didn't jump out of massively because of it so look at it kept things even we've had a steady milk price look at we've done reasonable some years was good some bad but in general we were doing fine uh, we're paid on we're paid on the liters but the constituents of the milk is the the butter fat the protein uh, the more butter fat the more protein you have the better uh, your total bacteria count obviously if we go over 30 you're in trouble on the Samac cell count, if you go over 300 for three months, they'll stop taking our milk and find your penalties. So it's, it, that's, that's what we're paid. At the minute, it's, it's, it has come down a lot from this time last year. It's 35.5 cent a litre. But if your protein was good uh, and your butter fat was fairly high, you could maybe get close to 40. And if you if you're, you're only the average and maybe your TBC wasn't good, you could be down close to the 30. So what's considered uh, too high of somatic uh, cell? Uh, over 300, 300,000, some Excel count. Now, here we are in northeast uh, Ireland on your dairy farm, 100 acres, no corn, no grain to speak of, strictly grass? Yeah, we try, and to make money, we try and get as much grass into the cow as possible. Our cows is out from, roughly speaking, mid-March to the 1st of November. Grazing every day, every day, uh, surplus grass is made in silage, that's grass silage made in a bunker pit and then in round bales and that's for the winter feed. Now when the cows calve in the spring we give them supplement them with, it's a concentrate, it's a mix of soya, maize, wheat etc. They get that 
until they get out the grass. Then when they get out the grass, it's greatly reduced. It's reduced to probably uh, three, four, five pound, depending on grass, to cover with minerals and, and calcium magnesium to keep the cows healthy and, and to avoid milk fever and grass tetany. But, you know, even there's some farmers even giving them less that are on a more finely tuned, getting the perfect grass into them. But that's the model we have in Ireland. And that stands to us because, uh, as you probably aware, in the shelves in, 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 in your own country, uh, Kerrygold. And they're very strict on the Kerrygold. The Kerrygold butter is only made in the summer because the texture is not right if they're on too much concentrate or too much maize silage or grass silage. It is only made on grass-fed cows. Tell us about your, your milking facilities. You do have a parlour here. I have a simple milking parlour. It's a 10-unit a milking parlour. I can milk 10 cows at a time. Up one side, milk 10, then the other side is lining up. When the 10 on, we say the right-hand side is finished, flip it over to the 10 on the left-hand side. I can make my 75 cows actual milking in about an hour, but obviously the washing up and the getting in and getting out takes probably another hour. So I'd say about about two hours, two hours in general. Tank is, is 1,300 gallons. The milk is collected every second day. And in the winter, when the milk would, it wouldn't have as much milk, it's usually, it's usually three times a week. We say three days, three days, and two days. My housing system is, I think you call them stalls, free stalls is what you call in America. Now, I have, I have installed flexi-tubicles, easy-fix flexi-tubicles. I think they're wonderful. Cows won't, cows won't, get, uh, won't get hurt in them. You know, I have tubicles. I have about 90 tubicles for, for my cows, and uh, I have 25 tubicles for younger stock. In the winter, they're bedded once a day with just a dust of lime, and that keeps the max cell count and uh, my status away. So that's, that's my system there. What's your breeding system? You got a bull, you AI, do you use sex semen? What do you use here? Yeah, traditionally we have used Frisian straws. Now the last two years I've switched <coughs> because we have a problem and we don't want to get a bad reputation in Ireland for the treatment of our male Frisian bull calves. They're not really wanted uh, for the beef industry. So I have changed to sex semen. I buy approximately 30 sex semen and hopefully 18 or 20 of them will hold in calf. So we'll have 18 or 20 heifer calves, female calves, to continue the, the, the milk line. Mm-hmm. After that, I breed longhorn. Now, it's, it, this is, I'm only at this three years now, but I have a market for my longhorn calves. It's through Bootlier Group. They're going to, they pay me a premium for my calves at three weeks of age, and they are going, they're going to market them at the Michelin star restaurants, the high-end restaurants, because I have conditions to meet. I have to have my environmental thing right, or otherwise they won't deal with me. So I have my environmental conditions such as as you've seen around the farm planting trees and I have a I have a pond you didn't see that and orchard and that they have a, a market for every calf that leaves this farm I'll have nothing I won't have any Frisian bull calves they'll be all sex semen so they'll be they'll be females for continuing the generation and then my all other progeny will be these uh, these longhorns they're a, they're a beef type of animal and what's that bull look like uh, I, and what'd you name him? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, God, I hope this is politically PC. It's an English longhorn. They were almost extinct back in the 90s because they weren't being used. And a few farmers in England bred them on and got the, got the breed going. So there wasn't any longhorns in Ireland. So I imported a, 
a bull from, from the UK last year. We've done AI first, but the bull is working very better. We imported the bull last year. Now, he came in here last September. He has horns about a foot each side of his head. He's a scruffy-looking head on him. And I, I thought that my kids is growing up from, from 24 to 30. And I just sent him a message. What will we call the bull? He's English. He's scruffy. And we want loads of children out of him. So we called him Boris the bull. <laughs> After Boris Johnson, of course, the former English Prime Minister. The Irish and their sense of humor, even on a dairy farm. Lorcan McCabe, a dairy farmer in northeast Ireland, and from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. I'm Bob Bosol. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Legacy Exteriors up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home roofing windows gutters siding and decks can legacy do it you bet better prices better warranties legacy always makes it easy go to legacy-exteriors.com legacy exteriors just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We are actually going to be talking about the lamb industry, the sheep and lamb and wool industry coming up later this morning. The Wisconsin Sheep and Wool Festival just wrapped up yesterday. Jefferson County Fair Park in Jefferson. Time for us to talk about the weather. Brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial this morning. Stumach Egg Meteorologist along with us. Yeah, and now it's drippy out there this morning. I mean, there, for anybody that had outdoor activities over the weekend, I know there was a little bit of rain on Friday, but otherwise everything turned all beautiful as far as weather was concerned yeah it was great and the rain we've got this morning i don't think anybody will turn away and fortunately enough it just hasn't been all that heavy yeah true i'm getting rainfall reports in this morning so i've got a tenth of an inch by alto this morning kirby by la crescent about uh two tenths of an inch um mark and fitchburg uh Two mornings just about a tenth so like you said not not really enough to almost be measurable 
No, that's about it. Six hundredths of an inch to the Fond du Lac Airport, and in my gauge, we'd agree. I see the Madison Airport says seventeen hundredths of an inch, but it's just not a lot more. There's a front that's dropped off through Wisconsin, another dropping in further out of the north, and the weather radar indicating that southeast part of the state, right up from the Fox Valley, Oshkosh, Appleton, all the way down through Madison, all the way down toward Monroe and into northern parts of Illinois. Everything east seeing a little rain this morning. It won't last for too long. A few more hours of sprinkles, and that's going to be about the extent. We'll take every drop we get. There's no doubt about that. There's a secondary front off to the north, just starting to head toward northwest Minnesota. There's rain up there as well. That secondary little boundary may be enough to fire off a little shower chance this evening or just into the night. Or then again, maybe as we look on toward late Tuesday or Tuesday night, Nothing that's going to be all that heavy. No major storminess. We're not going to flood out, but at least a few more chances for some of that light rain to linger on. And temperatures remaining cooler, a little cooler than normal, in fact, as we head through the early part of this week, right on through Wednesday. It's by Thursday and Friday that some moderation returns, and we start pushing back up into the 70s. There ought to be some more sunshine around that time, all sounding a little more summery, certainly like better news, and it dries out after a little bit of rain giving us some better chances to get in the field and not be too concerned about muddy conditions trying to generate. Fortunately, if that's not a big problem yet, our fingers are crossed. I look ahead toward the weekend and some small rain chances may begin to show up as we move on towards Saturday or maybe lingering on towards Sunday. I'll have those forecast details right after this. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Farmers deal with a lot, including long days, stress, and fatigue. This is your reminder to take breaks, stretch, have a snack, and hydrate your body. Avoid farm accidents by keeping yourself healthy. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how Rural Mutual supports Wisconsin farmers and prioritize safety on the farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. On September 14th and 15th, the Dairy Auction of the Year is coming to West Bend. Steffes Group is thrilled to announce a two-day live auction featuring the finest dairy cattle. These cows are exceptional, with an impressive average of 92 pounds per day. This closed herd comes with elite genetics that promise quality and productivity. For more details and to register for online bidding, visit steffesgroup.com. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Steffes the leader in the auction industry for over 60 years. All righty, Stu, let's have some of those details on what we can look forward to later this week. All right, well, a few showers yet this morning may linger, especially in the east and southeast, mostly cloudy skies elsewhere. And I'd look for temps, call it mid-60s today, with a northeast wind at 5 to 10. There's a small chance for an evening shower to pop up. Otherwise, mostly cloudy could be some fog, especially in western Wisconsin late tonight. I think we drop back to about 50, maybe an upper 40 here and there. North winds about 5 to 10. Tomorrow? Could be a little fog, but I expect that there's going to be some sunshine, a small chance of a shower late afternoon or evening further from the west to east. On the upper 60s tomorrow, north winds at 5 to 10, mid-60s with some sunshine Wednesday, Pam drying out, and then the 70s and sun by Thursday and Friday, so gets a little better. That's all right. We can handle that. Good enough, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Maybe have a few more rainfall reports by then.
Sounds good. See you then. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial is your financial partner. Committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. And, of course, I am looking for more of your rainfall reports as the morning unfolds. Don't, uh, don't feel in a rush if it's currently raining. Remember that number. You can call it or you can text it. 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. And if it's not rainfall that you're talking about, tell me what's going on in your world. What other things are we uh, should we be paying attention to? 877-301-FARM. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The policy development process for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau benefits farmers because if you have an issue, you can bring that forward and it's a grassroots organization. You vote on it at your county, district, and then it eventually goes to the state level and policy could be developed on the issue that you have. WFBF.com. Let's solve your issue. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Email from school. How about the incident today? Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is gonna tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, We mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. 
The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the Wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Read a little thing about the Chiefs here. Hundreds began tailgating outside Arrowhead 14 hours before kickoff yesterday. Roger Goodell there. 80,000 and more people joined uh, him and the Chiefs that raised their championship banner. Uh, Arrowhead is the loudest stadium. The place is raucous and rocking. And Jared Goff, the Detroit Lions, come in and steal the show. So um, the Detroit got things going first with the showdown scoring. And then uh, it was kind of catch up for the Kansas City Chiefs. I will say right now, though, looking at the Lions and what they did on the road in Arrowhead, um, Lions could be a problem, Um, probably will be a problem, as they look pretty good. Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Rowdy, pretty damn good. Like, does Jared Goff, what was he, was he a first-round pick, right? Like, he was the the first pick. He was the number one overall pick. Jared Goff's gotten some heat throughout his career, right? I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, you look at this quarterback, you look at Goff, what's what's the vibe on Goff? A guy, I don't want to say a late bloomer, but a guy that maybe had to settle in and find a, a good, not that he wasn't bad with the Rams, but what's the what's the outlier uh, or what's the uh, skinny on Jared Goff here as he enters another season of the NFL? He's a great pocket passer. I mean, Jared Goff coming out of, of college was the number one overall pick out of Cal, and at Cal, he was one of those guys where he was a great passer of the football he was he came from the cal jeff tedford school of quarterbacking same exact line and coaching staff that aaron Rodgers had when he was at cal and um 
Yeah, he was pretty good. Obviously, he, he deserved to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. He was a good quarterback. The one thing that you noticed when he came out of the, the draft was early in his career, one thing that could really set him off or, or maybe he didn't play up to his ability was when you could get pressure on him, get his feet moving. He got maybe happy feet in the pocket. And when he had pressure in his face in the pocket, he didn't throw the ball as accurately as he normally did. But... I think last night you saw him moving about a little bit better and you saw him delivering the ball better with pressure in his face. Maybe not every single time, but better than what he was when he was a younger player. Jared Goff just coming of age more in a, as a guy that's in his you know second second contract in the yeah. NFL. Like he's grown since he was in his first four or five years in the NFL. But at the same time, from what you saw from Jared Goff, Clearly, he's still not a Patrick Mahomes-esque quarterback. Still, he's no. he's limited in what he can do compared to the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, the biggest question moving forward for everyone listening to this radio show is, can Jordan Love be more of a Patrick Mahomes-esque Ooh. quarterback? Because if we're going like, to find out coming is, up on Sunday, if if Jordan Love was Jared Goff, myself. I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. If you had Jared Goff moving forward for the next five to ten years as your quarterback, I think you're in a pretty solid spot. Like, in my opinion, with a Jared Goff, with the right defense and players around them, he can win a Super Bowl. Clearly, this guy already went to a Super Bowl yeah. in L.A. with the Rams. With the right team and the right uh, players around him, he could win one. He hasn't yet, but we know he's limited. He's not yeah. the best quarterback in the league. Now, can he do it with the Lions? You can't win a Super Bowl if you have the quarterback play that we've seen as Packer fans where the guy behind center is not named Rogers or Favre. <laughs> it's Wallace, Tolzien, Flynn, Flynn. You know, you Hunley. can go right on down the line. Those guys aren't going to cut it. But no. if you get a Jared Goff-esque type player, that's a top half quarterback in the league. You know what's looking back on the you know, Jared Goff, when the trade happened, when the Lions sent Matthew Stafford to the L.A. Rams, and then, you know, Jared Goff comes back in return. Uh, initially, when you saw the trade, it's like, wow, man. It. Did the Rams win? Did the Lions win? Well, so I'm getting to it's, you know, obviously Matt Stafford and the Rams got their Super Bowl. So you would say, okay, they won it. But, and then we thought that Jared Goff, it was like, all right, we're going to go send Jared Goff off to exile. Uh, he's going to be done. You know, we, Jared Goff is going to go fade away into obscurity in Detroit. But it looks like he found a pretty decent home route as the Detroit Lions get their coach and Dan Campbell right. And they start stocking up uh, you know, the draft and, you know, trading for some pieces. I don't know. Jared Goff looks like he found a nice home after L.A. kind of spurned him. Detroit welcomes him with open arms. Uh, initially, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the trade, I'm like, wow, the Rams just fleeced the Lions. And the Lions, good luck, Jared Goff. You're a bum. Well, Jared Goff found a pretty good home. Who, well, obviously, the Rams won because they won the Super Bowl. But I don't think the Lions are far behind. When you look at that trade, obviously, the Rams got Matthew Stafford. They got their quarterback. They went all in. Yeah. That, that was the Packers of 2020 through 2022. They went all in. They got their Super Bowl championship. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, we're probably not spreading today because we've got rain in the forecast. We'll touch out probably right where we're at right now. 64 degrees our high for today. Tomorrow, cloudy and 65. Wednesday, partly sunny and 65. Thursday, sunshine and 69. Friday, partly sunny skies, 75 degrees. I'm glad you're along with us. Hey, stick around. Chad Vincent, CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, is going to be joining me. 
egg exports are getting a lot of attention in the state of Wisconsin. The state budget gave some financial support in the way of grants to help our agribusbusinesses across the state uh, jumpstart sales beyond our borders. Chad is the current chair of the Wisconsin Agriculture Export Advisory Council, and he's got a unique perspective when it comes to the dairy story. Stick around. We're going to find out how that's coming along before we wrap it up on a Monday. Today is September 11th. On this day in 1903, auto racing debuts at the Milwaukee Mile. Did you know the Milwaukee Mile was originally a private horse track? It was in existence since 1876, and it is the oldest continuously operating auto racing facility in the world. Milwaukee Mile debuts on this day back in 1903. Happy birthday to Harry Connick Jr., 56 years young. And of course, I know many of us remember this date, September 11, 2001. A series of four coordinated suicide attacks carried out by the terrorist group Al-Qaeda on the morning of September 11th. 19 militants hijacked four California-bound airplanes from East Coast cities in the U.S. and used the planes to target major American landmarks, the Twin Towers, the ones we recognize, of course. One plane also crashed into the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, and a fourth crashed in a Pennsylvania farm field after passengers tried to take back the flight. It injured about 6,000 people, claimed the lives of about 3,000. I know we all remember it. September 11, 2001. And now you know. More positive news coming from the Wisconsin Sheep and Wool Festival that wrapped up yesterday at Jefferson County Fair Park in Jefferson. That industry is growing. Charity Seebecker brings us a report. Sheep demand is remaining steady compared to past years. That's according to Eric Might, vice president of the Wisconsin Sheep Breeders Cooperative. He says the holidays and ethnic markets are two key driving factors. Lamb demand has remained pretty steady, I would say, this year compared to the past. Prices are up. Um, carcasses are about the same as they've been in the past, but lamb demand is up. Ethnic markets are good, and that's been very steady for Wisconsin uh, with the big cities and the, the ethnic markets that we can have around here. Obviously, tailgates are seasonal. Uh, we come into football season, lamb's not always one of our biggest cuts or sides of the industry. We're tailgating, it's usually beef and pork, but we do see some uh, rise in the fall with uh, tailgating, fish up the season, but the ethnic market is, is big in the spring and summer uh, for their big holidays, and we look forward to those seasons. So is the industry working to boost that at all then, or what's going on there to try to mitigate that in a sense? Uh, We like to see it even out year-round. We do have quite a few people lambing in the fall now because the weather this time of year is nice. Uh, They can get lambs to a nice market size in the spring for the ethnics, uh, the ethnic market. Um, So we're trying to even this out where it's not all spring lambs ready in the fall so we have a consistent year-round supply. When it comes to both sheep numbers and farm numbers here in Wisconsin, are you seeing that sheep grow or decline, or what are the trends looking like? I think the trend is up. There's a very big upside for small niche markets, Uh, the new breeds, uh, small breeds, uh, especially kids that get into 4-H and they can use these backyards of five acres and have 10 ewes. Um, Our families with spinners, they can have uh, their own wool. Um, I think that's another upside. Um, Something we've just learned about is the solar farms. Um, It's going to become a big deal. Um, We're working with a company that's asked us for contacts for sheep and goats to graze these solar farms. Um, And that'll be a lot of sheep. Um, that we may not have, so we may have to look out west and bring loads in. So there might be some producers getting larger. 
So it's it's it looks good. It's promising because we've had these contacts here recently. That was Eric Might, vice president of the Wisconsin Sheep Breeders Cooperative. He encourages anyone and everyone interested to get involved with the association and learn more about sheep. You can find out more information on their website, WISBC.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. On September 14th and 15th, the Dairy Auction of the Year is coming to West Bend. Steffes Group is thrilled to announce a two-day live auction featuring the finest dairy cattle. These cows are exceptional, with an impressive average of 92 pounds per day. This closed herd comes with elite genetics that promise quality and productivity. For more details and to register for online bidding, visit steffesgroup.com. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Steffes, the leader in the auction industry for over 60 years. Tough day on Friday in Chicago for our dairy complex. Barrel cheese went down four at 182 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was down three and three quarters cents at 192 and a half. Double A butter down a nickel, 268 a pound this morning. Fluid milk for October is currently trading down 21 cents at 1880 a hundred weight. November milk down a dime at 1877. December corn is down a penny right now at 482. November soybeans up a penny at 1364, while July wheat is down seven at 640 a bushel. You know, some of our uh, vegetable producers, those with uh, things like sweet corn and green beans, have had such a big year that uh, some of the processors are walking away from unharvested fields. Others have been victims of the drought. Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers is suggesting that vegetable producers and livestock producers come together and see if they can't figure out a way to use some of that vegetable waste or residue. They're suggesting vegetable producers with those unharvested acres list them on the Farmer to Farmer Extension website, tool created by UW-Madison Division of Extension. Usually it's used for hay exchanges or straw, but this time around they're saying, hey, list those unharvested vegetable acres and see if some of our livestock producers can use them. Just Google Farmer to Farmer Wisconsin Extension. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, GoodmansJewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. It's Preston from Window World, and although I'd love to talk your ear off about windows, today's all about doors. 
Your front door can say a lot about you. Window World specializes in turning a bland entrance into a grand entrance. We have top quality products, a variety of paint and stain options, and certified factory trained installers. It's a no-brainer. Visit us at windowworldmadison.com. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some real excitement on the horizon for anybody connected with Wisconsin's dairy industry and those customers that lie outside of our border. It's time for a quick update with our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Remember, they are the folks that uh, research educate and promote Wisconsin dairy products, all kinds of Wisconsin dairy products, with our hardworking dairy farm family checkoff dollars contributed. In, in studio with me now is Chad Vincent. He's the CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Good time to talk. You know, we're getting ready for World Dairy Expo, which puts Wisconsin agriculture as a whole, but specifically Wisconsin's dairy industry, on uh, a silver platter and serves it up to the world. Interesting that this year the World Dairy Summit is going to be in our region. For people that have never heard of the World Dairy Summit, what is it? Well, you know, it's amazing, first of all, in that we haven't had it here for decades. It hasn't been in the U.S. in decades. So it's in Chicago coming up in mid-October. And what it is, is they have thousands of the world's most influential and important dairy people coming to Chicago. So it's it's the scientists, it's the 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 retailers, it's the farmers, it's anybody that has anything to do with farming uh, and dairy farming is coming all together to Chicago to talk to each other, to learn, to hammer out what's going on with dairy across the world, what's working where, how do we how do we learn, how do we make this thing better for everybody? And like you said, emphasis, major emphasis on the products. And that's why Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin wants to have a very visible presence there. What do you got planned? Yeah, we're going to, you know, we'll be at the at the show the whole time. We'll have a booth. Uh, Department of Ag, DATCAP will be down there too. And it's really being right in the middle of everything dairy and making sure that they understand and walk away with the fact that Wisconsin is America's dairy land. And what they probably think about Wisconsin, if they think about it at all, and U.S. agriculture and, and dairy farming, that we we make sure that they walk out of there with the under, with the real understanding versus the the common international perceptions. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that because it's subtle, but it's really important. Trade missions come into the United States every day, all the time since the pandemic, especially. But if you go to visit a dairy operation in California, in Arizona, Texas, and then you come to Wisconsin, to your point, it is a strikingly different dairy setup generally. That that matters to these folks. It, it really does. You know the, you know we're trying to we're we're really pushing exports, right? I mean, because ninety five percent of the population lives outside the U S. The U S. is our population isn't going to grow enough to carry the weight of the demand of the of the products that are that the dairy farmers want to make. It's important for us to grow these markets. And, you know, when they come into our state, they see the gamut, right? They see small, they see medium, they see large, they see green fields, they see, you know, organic, they see rolling hills, they see flatlands, they see all different types of barn structures. But the one thing they always see, though, is the, you know, I think a lot of them have this this perception of U.S. agriculture and dairy as this, as like, soulless, gigantic corporations. And they, when they realize that in Wisconsin, 95% of it's family-owned and family-run, they're like, well, wait a sec. You know, they see how we treat the animals. They see how we treat the land. And all this is really important because there's the vast majority of people are going to come into this thing 
have veto power about what countries they buy their dairy from, right? And so they're going to walk away from this. Those that come into Wisconsin or those that we interact with down there will have a much stronger understanding about why Wisconsin is really the epicenter of dairy. Yeah, speaking of epicenter, again, Chad Vincent in studio with us. He is the CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. We're talking about a big event coming up mid-October in Chicago, the World Dairy Summit. We haven't seen it in the United States since 93. Now, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin specifically, you have a unique spot on the agenda where you get a chance to let them, let them walk it, let them talk it, let them live it. Tell them about that. Yeah, so, you know, we bring people in. We've been bringing influencers and important people into the state by the busload for the last decade. And we know how to do this better than anybody else. So we're going to bring busloads of people from Chicago, and they're, they're going to plunk down some money. And they're going to come into the state, and we're going to get them on, on a couple of farms. And then we're going to take them to a farm for a, for a Wisconsin food dinner that will blow their minds. Um, and all throughout the way, we're going to have people in their ears and videos talking to them and explaining to them all the nuances of Wisconsin and why Wisconsin is one of the best sustainability um, you know, places on the planet. The way that we, we care for the water, the way we treat the air, the way we work on methane. And, and it, it, it's, it's going to really, when we, what we see is people walk out of there shaking their heads go, I had no idea. And that's really what the whole concept is all about with this World Dairy Summit. No matter what walk of life you're coming from, uh, what region in the world, uh, it's a story that resonates with them. Now, you know, we were talking a little bit about volume and that. Have these kinds of trade shows routinely paid benefits in the past, Chad? I love people to have a good feeling about Wisconsin when they, when they walk away, but the rubber's got to meet the road somewhere. Has, have these hap- has this happened? It has. You know, we've been, bringing, uh, we've been bringing export groups in now for two years. And the first one we had come in, we're like, look, it, give it time, right? Because I've been doing this for 30 years. Typically, it takes a year, year and a half, multiple meetings, you know, sniff each other, make sure you like each other, that when stuff gets tight, I, I can trust you. And really, the first one we had, we had people from the United Arab Emirates in here, and they walked out of here with millions of dollars of orders, like that. And, the, and it's continuing, so the pipeline continues to get bigger. You go, to, you go to UAE places now, and like Lulu's Grocery Store in Middle East, they've got a set of Wisconsin cheese that's like 15 feet long. It's it's crazy, right? And and when you have, you know, because there, I get I get emails from people all over all the time. They're like, "How are you guys here? How are you here?" And it's all because of the work that we all do. I mean, the, the farmers checkoff fund funds this stuff. We scrutinize everybody. He goes, Pam, we can't bring people here for a party and go, "Hey, was, aren't we wonderful?" No, they're going to walk out of here when they come in. They're on a farm. They're meeting with processors. They're meeting with people that. Um, that understand the product, understand their needs, and are selling them on why Wisconsin, why Wisconsin dairy. But every time we bring somebody here, they're most blown away by the farm. The yeah. farm visits are, are, are they just, they get to meet the farmers, they see it, they, they, they feel it, and all of a sudden it's like, this is not a big corporate thing, no matter the size of the farm. This is, this is homespun, yeah. it's quality it's caring, and all that stuff carries so much weight. And it's so funny because, like you mentioned, these are the shot callers. These are the decision makers. These are people that are, are, can command 
hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in product orders, but they may never have gotten close to a cow. They may have only seen a dairy in a video, if that. And those real-world senses really kick in when they have these kinds of opportunities. I, I said to Chad, one of our staff had a friend that was involved in one of the tours hosted by Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And the friend said... I'm so busy, I'm not going to be able to see you because you guys don't waste a minute. Not at all. You know, um, there's so much to do, so many people to meet, so many, there's so many dairy companies that need to meet these people because they have differing, there's all these differing needs. You know, it gets to the point now, Pam, we used to have individual meetings, but now we'll bring in like a dozen dairy companies into a hotel and give them, and so it's like speed dating. And so you can, you can meet the mozzarella guys, you can meet the parm guys, you can meet multiple cheddar guys, you can meet, you know, 40 pound block guys, you can meet whatever you need and across the board and you get this amazing sense of the quality and the innovation and the dairy centricity of Wisconsin. You know, and that's something else I want to dwell on for just a moment. Again, Chad Vincent in studio with us, CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Remember, you can go to wisconsindairy.org and see a lot of these projects through their social media streams, the pictures, the videos, et cetera. And then do pay attention to that same stream uh, coming up uh, mid-October for this World Dairy uh, event that we're having down in Chicago. We talk a little bit about the dairy-centric part of Wisconsin. The biggest time I noticed that personally is when people come for World Dairy Expo. They lust after what we've got with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin because if you're one of 100 dairies in a state, the momentum's not there. That must resonate a little bit with some of these buyers too. It does, you know, and they realize that there's a very unique infrastructure that's built here that's been built over decades of time with you know, over 100 cheese plants, you know, ice cream, milk, butter. I mean, we're one of the butter capitals of the planet. So when they come in here and they can see all of this stuff going on with dairy, all these different plants, all these different backups, all these different ways to get to move the product around, you know, I, I feel sorry for the folks in the southeast. I mean, there are farmers down there that literally are, their milk is being shipped 12 hours before it can get to a milk plant, right? We're we're blessed with the with the, the quantity and the infrastructure, and you know, we were—I was on farm last week with PDPW, and they had people that were talking. They had they had local um, authorities there, and they're talking about roads, right? And so all of a sudden, you got guys that are making decisions on roads in a room with a bunch of farmers talking about, well, here's what we need, here's how it has to happen. You know, they're looking at you know, going under the road, and there's so many different ways that all of a sudden the juices come and, and results and, and understanding happen. So. That's what it's all about, the yeah. understanding. The World Dairy Summit coming to Chicago mid-October and Wisconsin. One of the four honored guests that will be bringing some of those international guests from Chicago to Wisconsin. Follow along. Again, Chad Vincent, CEO, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Follow this story 